0: everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for the latest edition of the Ebril podcast series. Today, we are talking with Michael Chancellor, who is our manager of Quality Assurance. We're going to be kind of digging into how the Ebril Claim Service Q&A process works, what our team looks like, and also we're going to cover some of those top Q&A findings and hopefully give you guys some tips on how to avoid those. So, Michael, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So can you just tell everyone a little bit about your background and your career at Eberl before we dig into it?
1: Sure. I started with Eberl in 2004 uh, during the hurricane season. I was fortunate enough to work for some of our um, best managers that we have at the time who did a wonderful job of getting me up to speed and uh, engaged with the claim adjustment process. Nice plug, Michael. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, From there, I continued working claims through 2011 and started uh, working into the training side in 2011 uh, after the birth of my first son. And after that, bounced back and forth between claims, training, and managing until I moved into uh, full-time management in 2015, I believe. That sounds right, yeah. And uh, came on as a staff member. In 2017, for Eberle's as Yay. the manager of quality assurance.
0: All right, well, we are so happy to have you. I know you've made some great strides in the quality assurance area. So, without further ado, let's just kick it right off. Tell us a little bit about the QA team at Eberle um, the structure, the staff members, what we would want people to know about our team.
1: Sure. Our QA team is made up of uh, various team members that come from different backgrounds. Uh, some have a strong field experience adjusting experience. Some also come from an in-office experience. Um, most of them have had an extensive amount of exposure to the claim adjustment process. Not all of them have, however. We do have some folks that joined us uh, new to the industry that we were able to um, get engaged and bring up to speed with the claim adjustment process, and they've done wonderful things for us. As far yeah, during as the hurricanes.
0: We definitely had to bring in a lot of people. You're sending out a lot of new adjusters. you got to make some new file examiners. And your team was quite successful with that, so kudos. Um, So we have people asking us all the time, hey, what does it take to be a file examiner for EBRIL? On your average period of the year, you know, average volume, et cetera, all things considered, what are kind of your core criteria?
1: Sure. Our um, average skill set that's needed is we need to have strong technical skills, uh, most of our examiners work off-site work remote from home mm-hmm. so if they don't have the ability to uh, navigate the systems that we use quickly and easily it presents some ch- additional challenges that we prefer to avoid and absolutely it's quite frustrating to be stuck in an island by yourself and not be able to do what you want to do so uh, technical skill sets a necessity uh, exposure to the claim adjustment process is always beneficial uh, the folks that have come in that did not have a strong background in the uh, field uh, typically have a family member that serves as their point of contact, somebody that can provide a local support system. Okay, for them. kind of a go
0: to question and answer person. Uh,
1: we can provide remote help and assistance, and we do quite regularly, uh, but having that on hand support system really makes the job much more pleasant for those new folks. Of
0: course. Them. And so um, there will be times that we'll have file examiners that will work in a location. Um, especially when we're getting them trained up, um, you know, we'll probably have them go through an orientation, things like that. But like Michael said, most typically people are going to be working remotely. It probably goes without saying, but obviously you're going to need to have good home internet connectivity, good cell reception. I know we have a number of people on the roster that live maybe sometimes out in the country and they have spotty service. So um, again, should go without saying, but that that's a no brainer. You got to have that most definitely. Um, do you have to be licensed to be a file examiner?
1: You do have to have licenses. Uh, we recommend that our examiners carry as many licenses as possible just to open as many doors to uh, to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not licensed, you can't touch the claim, obviously. And that is a, a hurdle that we don't want to have to overcome at the onset of an event. So licensing is a key component.
0: All right. Very good. And so what is the QA team composed of? I mean, so you're kind of like the, the head QA guy. What, what's your title again? I'm sorry. Um, um, Manager of Quality Assurance. So there's you. And then describe kind of the structure below you, how that sure. breaks out.
1: Uh, we operate under the shared services umbrella of the Admiral Claim Service. And um, I'm the... Manager of Quality Assurance and working with me, I have a couple of lead examiners that serve as the primary point of contact for my uh, examiners. Uh, They handle a lot of the claim assignments and exact analysis to make sure that examiners have work to do when they wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. They serve as a primary point of contact for the examiners if there's something that, uh, that maybe they need a little bit of guidance on. And if, uh, if the lead examiner is not comfortable making that decision or doesn't have all the information he or she needs, then they come to me and we work through it together as a group.
0: Excellent. You know, I'm going to back up for a minute. As far as our file reviewers that work remotely, what kind of work schedule do they have?
1: Our work schedule is relatively flexible, especially during non-CAT times. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're in, a, in CAT mode, we do ask that everybody make themselves available for uh, a 12-hour day when the volume supports that. Sure. Um, During non-CAT times, we allow our examiners to set their own schedule uh, as much as possible, and the uh, expectation is that when claims are assigned to you as an examiner, you're able to complete the review within 12 hours. Okay. Um, Okay. Most of our clients mandate 24-hour turnaround. We like to be a little bit ahead of that. Get a jump
0: on it in case there's corrections or things, which we'll get to in a minute with the QA process. Um, And then our examiners are paid on an hourly basis.
1: Our examiners are paid hourly as a W 2 employee. All right. And um, it's a, a wonderful arrangement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For the right person at the right time, this can be a really um, great opportunity for someone. Uh, For those of you that are listening, if you're interested in doing file review for Eberle, go ahead and call the home office. Talk to anyone on our recruiting or staffing team. They can get that information noted in your profile and get your name over to Michael and his team for review and see what kind of fit it would be when we have the volume to support it. Um, okay. So, we talked a little bit uh, just about the structure of the team at Eberle. Let's dig into the actual QA process itself. Give me give me a little information. What really happens when the adjuster turns in their file? Go. What, what, what QA sure. springs into action?
1: Sure. Uh, the adjuster will finish his or her field inspection. They'll prepare the file, uh, hopefully in accordance with the carrier's expectations. <laughs> but, of course. They'll mark the assignment reviewed and exactimate. I'm sorry. They'll mark the assignment complete and exactimate and upload it for review. At that point, it comes into our estimate review queue. One of our lead examiners assigns that out to one of our examiners for actual review. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll go through each of the pertinent documents, making sure that the file is uh, fully supported in photo, in written description, and that the estimate's been properly prepared. Okay. Uh, If all of those things are in line, which we hope it is, we mark the assignment reviewed, we will bundle the file according to the carrier's expectations and send that back to them for final settlement with the insured. All right. If during that process we identify an error or an omission, something that requires the correction of the adjuster, we will mark the file uh, reviewed with exception, send back a detailed list of what needs to be done on that file, and ask that the adjuster make that correction and resubmit the file for review within 24 hours.
0: Okay. So is there ever a time and this is me just not knowing, um, it's a small mistake in the file. Does the reviewer ever go in and do a thing here and there if, it, if it's more um, more efficient for the file reviewer to do it, or do we always turn it back to the adjuster for them to make the corrections?
1: No, we will make a collaboration on the file and make a minor correction, mm-hmm. especially if it's administrative in nature. Okay. If the change uh, to the file is going to um, overturn a decision or a judgment materially change by it. by the adjuster, mm-hmm. we'll, we will send that back and ask for clarification. Okay, very but good. But we really try our best to move through the work as efficiently as possible and keep our adjusters uh, out in the field producing work Doing instead of making their
0: reductions. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about the file review process um, for adjusters, whether they've worked for ABROL before or they haven't worked for Abro before. What does that look like?
1: Sure. A majority of our clients have an expectation that we do a review on every single claim before it's delivered to them. Wow. Uh, That's a lot of file review. Regardless of Mm -hmm. experience level, we we do look at every file. Okay. Um, Adjusters that are a little bit more experienced, their files move a little bit more quickly because Mm -hmm. we're familiar with the work product that they produce. Newer adjusters, we do have to spend a little bit more time uh, coaching, trying to give them the opportunity to learn from anything that may have been a mistake and um, grow as an adjuster to become a little bit better at their job. So it's a great training tool as well.
0: Absolutely, and along the lines of training and resources, it's important to note that the standards that our file reviewers are working off of for each client, those are all provided to adjusters when they're put out on that assignment. So we try and do our best to ensure that everybody is working off the same set of rules, so to speak, so everyone's on the same page. Um, If you're an adjuster that's out there working for us and you're not sure what standards apply, obviously you've got your site management there. Reach out to them at any point. You can contact the home office. The training center can add items to your learning center um, specifically for client guidelines. So please don't ever feel like there isn't information out there to help you. There's many people at Eberle and many resources that are there to ensure you have have the tools you need to be successful when working your claims.
1: And it's, it's funny you should mention that. One of our current initiatives is a adjuster standard work project where we're looking to standardize the delivery of the client's expectations. It's pretty exciting stuff. So that our managers, our examiners, and our adjusters are all looking at the exact same version of each document. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got a lot of great things on the horizon. So we're looking forward yeah. to getting that out in production as soon as possible. Yeah,
0: I think everyone's going to love that. And it's been a large undertaking. So Tremendous kudos to you and your team. So let's get to probably the biggest question on everyone's mind. So what are the top QA findings that you see again and again, and what are ways that people can avoid those?
1: Sure. Uh, Probably the the largest error that we see or the largest opportunity for improvement would be in our photo documentation. Uh, If it's not in the photos, the examiner's not going to know what's going on. It doesn't exist. Or the desk adjuster's not going to know what's going on. So uh, solid photo documentation is really key to the claim adjustment process. Um, after the photos, the written narrative reports are very, very important. Okay. If you can't describe what you saw when you're on the property as an adjuster, it's very, very difficult for us as examiners or any participant on the back end of the claim process to know what's going to on. To follow
0: through of what what you did while you were on the
1: inspection. Correct. Sure. So the, the narrative report really needs to provide some explanation of what's captured in the photos. Okay. Uh, Anything unusual definitely needs to be outlined in written format so that we can clearly see what's going on with the claim file. Sure. Absolutely. Um, After that, we're looking at just common spelling errors. Um, Really? Take the time to review the work before you hit complete on those files and you'll eliminate a lot of additional rework that's required. So somebody personally
0: who's not used Xactimate, is there spell check?
1: Most features in Exactimate have a spell check feature. Okay. And anytime you enter an F9 note, you can spell check it. All right. So spell check's
0: your friend. It is. That's one way to avoid a finding right there. Boom. Done. It is.
1: Can I have a job in QA, Michael? Absolutely.
0: I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Continuing along, what are the other top things?
1: Uh, the next largest finding we have is probably related to roofs, which is kind of our um, largest area that we...
0: That's what we're usually looking at when, yeah. when we're doing losses. Correct. So, Yeah.
1: So just taking the time to review the photos, to take appropriate scope notes when you're on site, to get the vent counts, and um, really document what was on the property whenever you were okay. out there. Okay. Sure. A lot of times we find that uh, estimates are written partially, and perhaps we take a phone call or we get distracted, distracted mm-hmm. as a field adjuster, and when we go back to our file, we may have lost track of where we were.
0: Right. Common
1: place that mistakes are made. So take the time when you're on site to write down what you see that's important to the claim file and take the time when you're writing your estimate to check those things off one by one from your scope notes to ensure that you've got documented all of the damages.
0: And, you know, you bring up a good point of something that we've talked about on many of our previous podcasts, but don't inspect more than you can close. we've had so many people that will go out and they'll they'll just rattle off and inspect eight properties in a day they ended up missing something they have to go back so be sure that you're getting everything that you need so you don't have to go back and don't get ahead of yourself when doing your inspections that's
1: critical our um, most accurate adjusters in the field write the estimate before they move on to the next claim absolutely and as a former field adjuster I tried my hardest to not have to touch a file once I pulled out of the driveway.
0: Well, yeah, it cuts into your productivity. We all know what that means. And
1: as an adjuster, I was way more productive whenever I stuck to that and Mm -hmm. didn't inspect more than I could write up in one day.
0: Yeah, for sure. Again, I interrupted. Please continue. Other than roofs and, you know, making sure you've got all the documentation you need around the roofs and vent counts and things of that nature. Sure.
1: Um, Following from what we were just talking about, uh, making sure that the sketch is complete and accurate before you leave the property is absolutely critical. Uh, our clients are relying on us to properly document the, um, the damages that are on the property. And if we're missing measurements, whenever we go back to write our scope or our estimate of the damages, we're not going to have what we need to make an appropriate claims decision.
0: So I have a question. You're talking about um, roofs and measurements and diagrams. Talk a little bit about, like, Eagle View and some of the technology that's out there. Do, are we getting that information for these claims, or how, where does that factor in?
1: Most of our clients provide an Eagle View to us okay. um, as part of the package, and when they do, the information typically is coming through accurate and complete. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, we do still need to take the time to review those to make Absolutely. sure that they're accurate. Uh, typically, we ask that you confirm one, um, one horizontal measurement yes. and one rafter length to ensure that the... To roof confirm accuracy, accurate. yeah. Uh, the most common error we see on uh, Eagle Views is perhaps an addition that was not present in the photos. Uh-huh. Or sometimes we have an RV or a trailer that's parked next to the house that it picks up as a roof. So uh-huh. it's key that we make sure that the sketch matches the actual roof.
0: All right, perfect. What else you got? What's next?
1: Um, after that, we're probably looking at the roofing items, the um, rounding of the waste okay. on roofs. Uh, It doesn't take but a moment to enter the waste and to properly round off to Mm -hmm. the nearest bundle. But we find a lot of times adjusters are moving quickly and they overlook that and fail to catch it on the uh, proofreading portion of the claim. So those are probably the top five that we're going to see? Those are probably the top five. The last one would be um, in your sketch not having the openings properly uh, drawn on the sketch, uh-huh. which results in us typically overpaying a claim.
0: Yeah, that would be kind of messy if those aren't all so being deducted correctly.
1: I recommend to adjusters, uh, put every opening in every sketch and you'll always be golden.
0: All right, there you go. The man, the myth, the legend, Michael, straight from his mouth. He's, he's given us some of his wisdom. Obviously, there's um, many other elements that go into the QA process, and I have no doubt we could spend much more time on it, but especially in this type of format, um, I think we've had kind of a nice digestible chunk for folks that are listening of some really common things that they can avoid and ensure success on their next go-round, whether it's with Eberle, hopefully, or um, most likely anyone else that you're working for. Um, If there are mistakes we see, I'm sure there are similar ones that um, other folks are seeing as well. So, Michael, any last thoughts?
1: I don't believe so. We're uh, quickly growing, and we've got an uh, ongoing need for examiners, so we will be adding to our ranks over the course of time. Um, please reach out to us and let us know if you're interested in those positions, and we we'll would be happy to talk to you about what was has to offer.
0: All right, excellent. Well, Michael, once again, thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule. It was great talking to you this
1: afternoon. Thank you. Thank you. All right.